0: Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: They need to come up with a chip that I can plug in behind my ear. What would that do? Your iOS would be in my head.
1: Oh, now we're talking.
2: So hey, everybody, welcome to episode 64 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co-host in Whitby, Ontario, Aaron May. Hi there. And we're also joined by our co-host in Seattle, Washington, Jaime Lopez. How's it going? And the third co-host is Mark Rubin in San Jose, California.
0: Hello. So, Mark, did you decide if you're going to go to uh, CocoConf? I haven't decided yet. Uh, Conference is, is, is in uh, San Jose this year, this weekend, actually, Friday and Saturday. So I'm thinking about going, but I haven't decided yet. Depends on my schedule, I think.
3: Jaime, you've been to CocoConf before, right? Yes, in the Seattle and Portland area, just depending. I think they alternate between the two sites. Right. So what do you what do you think about uh, them in general compared to say a three sixty i dev or I think it's pretty comparable to a three sixty i dev. It um I don't think it focuses as much on the indie business side as three sixty i dev does. Um mm-hmm. I think it tends to be somewhat more um more based on the technical side than, than the business aspects. So I think mm-hmm. that's how it differs. It's roughly the same size, it's I don't know in that 200 to 400 person range. So it's considerably smaller than WWDC, uh, a little bit bigger than, um, NS North. So yeah. Kind of just
2: judge where you are with that. And it's like a three track sort of conference, right? Yeah. Two tracks, two, three two, two to, yeah. Two to three tracks, I think from what I remember. Well, Jaime, you posted this uh, piece from uh, our buddies here in Toronto, agile bits, uh, about one password for teams. Do you have something to say about that or
3: just a quick note here? So, um, a lot of folks use 1Password as their password manager. It's it's great for personal use. The one thing it hasn't done until today is be usable in a shared group environment, right? So if you're you know a smaller company, let's say, um, or maybe you just have friends and family that you have to manage things for or manage things with, you haven't had a, a really good way to have that group-managed atmosphere that you might get from... Um, I've personally used uh, Passpack and... Um, Uh, meldium and a couple other options that are escaping me at the moment and and they're okay and they're generally web-based solutions um and they're just not as nice and seamless as you would get from one password so this is really great so you could just have groups you can have all the different authorization levels where some people can you know read the the key or the value but they can't change it right so you have administrative Mm -hmm. privileges and whatnot so the blog post here probably does a better job of selling it than I do. It was just more of an FYI to folks that, you know, if you're out there and you're evaluating these kind of things for your small group, small company, whatever, what have you, you know, one password is continuing to evolve. And this is another
2: one you should check out. So this is a product that's already available or pending or.
1: It says reserve your one password team it's, now. So it's, it's, it's a coming. beta. Ah. Yeah. yeah. It's a beta right now. So they've been working on this thing for two years, believe wow. it or not. Uh, I talked to Dave today on Twitter about it and uh, they've been working on it for a long time. And so this is the culmination of two years of work and it's in beta right now. They have not announced pricing yet, mm-hmm, but they're mm-hmm. allowing people to sign up and try the product and start using it in their own teams. Well, it's funny because
2: I was just talking to my wife today. We use one password on our, on our shared devices. Right. And, uh, you know, we're both business partners here, so we, you know, there's a, there's a fiduciary duty that if I get hit by a bus, she has access access to my stuff, right? Um, so that that timing couldn't be better, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's one way to look at it. Hooray for you guys! <laughs> Signing up as
2: we speak, by the way.
1: So, where do we want to start? Start with the Apple TV. I mean, that seems like the big one. Did uh, Mark, Jaime, did you guys get one? I did not. Nope. Wow, I did not. Hmm. Okay, so Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that. It, so I, I've,
2: uh, of course, I you know, downloaded um, um, PCALC. And uh, thanks to James Thompson for giving us, I asked him to give me, a, I couldn't figure out how to take a screenshot on the Apple TV. I'm thinking of all the devices we've had. We've, you know, since Adam was a boy, we've been able to take screenshots on our Macs and then on our iPhones as well. And I foolishly asked the Siri remote, how do I take a screenshot? And it said, hold down the power and home button at the same time. Power. Yeah, well, because it's answering for iOS, right? Right. So um, yeah, there is no way to take a screenshot on the Apple TV, other than plugging in a USB cable to it, and the, the, the online suggestions are, in my opinion, are comical. They say download Xcode, yeah, right, yeah. and then you know sign up for you know go to the Apple Store, download Xcode, and then take a screenshot with Xcode. When you can just as easily plug in the USB cable and open QuickTime and do a uh, movie recording and, and get it off there. So, so I got a, I got a screenshot of forty of um, from to do peek out because I thought it was funny because we were talking about it on the show last week, right? Sure. But then I tweeted to James, who's you know seven hours ahead of us, and he so he seven. sent me his six seven. He's five. Five. five, whatever. It's daylight savings time. We, we're all confused. Okay. Um, anyway, so he uh, he sent me over the screenshot that I actually used on the show, which is you know where he's got the number forty two, which is the name of his company, right?
1: So, uh, isn't it? No, that's just forty two. Forty two is the icon for for, for uh, peak P-Calc. PCALC. Yeah, that's just uh, his yeah. company name. Is uh... oh, I used to know it. Uh, But then again, 42, we all know what 42 is, right? Yes, it's the answer. Um, Mm -hmm. hmm. TLA Systems Limited. Okay, well, uh, I guess like that... When, when I was building Magpie for the Apple TV, I had to get screenshots, you know, for the App Store yeah, listing. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, sort of had the same head-scratching moment as you did, I guess. But uh, then, of course, I realized Xcode, and I plugged it in and took the screenshots, mm-hmm. and that's no problem. Um, but when you think about it, like, what are they going to do? Like, say that there was a uh, like a combination of buttons on the remote that you could press. It takes a snapshot, right. and then what? How do you get it? Oh
2: yeah, it? where does it go? Well, <laughs> you know? wouldn't it yeah, couldn't it save it into your photo library like every other app on the Like your the iCloud system? photo
1: library, the one that it apparently doesn't support on the Apple TV. Oh, oh okay, right. Sick burn. Right, There's no iCloud right. photo library. I, I lied. Uh Mark, you asked me about that last week, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I and I said it did. Um I'd only browsed it fairly quickly the uh the, the photos app on the Apple TV and mm. uh my photos were there but not like all of my photos. Uh, so it fooled me. Uh, there is no iCloud photo library support there. No Apple Music there. Um, so some odd omissions. Huh. So what um, photos
0: do you see if, if they're not the ones in, in
1: iCloud? It's my photo stream. A photo stream. Okay. Yeah, my photo stream. Uh, confusingly, okay. of course. Okay. You know, Anyone mm-hmm. who can right keep track yeah. of all of these different photo streaming products yeah. from Apple yeah. should get a medal. God, Mark, you sound awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a fairly limited product, you know, and I think one of the things that surprised me about the Apple TV is I think we all had the notion that Apple was uh, hanging on to this thing for a long time, for, yeah. for maybe years even, uh, while yeah. they were trying to make these content deals that would have become part of um, this sort of uh, – I, I want to call it a cable TV uh, experience where you would be able to flat rate buy – like a package from Apple and be able to watch standard television. Yeah. And that never happened. Right. So um, I just had the feeling that they, they were, they were holding on to this platform for some time. Um, hmm. But that demonstrably does not appear to be true <laughs> because there are so many omissions, you know, um, like take, for example, Emission, emissions in terms of apps or immersions in terms of features or just functionality. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the oddity, things okay. that are missing, you know, like, you know, the, the amazing setup process, um, right. So oh, yeah, using your iPad or your iPhone. yeah, you yeah, get your iPhone sure. out and you you hold it near the Apple TV when you first start it up and it and it you you work the initial setup through the iPhone in your hand. Yeah, uh, it picks up all your Wi-Fi settings. Exactly. Like you don't that. have like to uh, the password. It is magic. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But it stops there at that. After that, you can't use your iPhone at all to control the Apple TV. The remote app right. doesn't work. Also, you can't pair a Bluetooth keyboard with it.
2: Oh really? That's another okay.
1: omission. Hmm. So that's I you know this stuff is all coming obviously. Like there's there's no question yeah. in my mind this is right. going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. So so they haven't been sitting on this for a while. They've been they've been rushing it out the door just like they were with the watch and yeah. with every other platform. But are you well, using well, it well, too?
2: Yeah, I've used yeah, I've used it a few times. I've, I've downloaded a few apps. I played a little bit of uh, Altos Adventure, and I've you know added a couple of numbers together in pCalc. Calc. And uh, oh, come on! Now I watched. I, I, I downloaded the CBC News app, which is cool because you can you can if you're a Canadian and you want to watch the the news, you can. I'm a Canadian. There's a, news, yeah, there's a news app, and you can just it's just like I'm sure in the states you can get the USA Today or the ABC apps and all that kind of stuff, right? Does the CBC
1: um, one stream video?
2: Yeah, like live yeah. So video. You can, so, Well, I don't know if it's, no, it's not live. I mean, it's sort of like their podcast material, I'm sure, right? Because, but you can, but you can watch like today's national, uh, the national is our big news show at you know, normally at, uh, Ten. what time is it on it? 10, Ten? Yeah. 10 at night. Um, you can watch that, you know, um, and I, and I did, I watched a little bit of it and, and you can fast forward to, through it to what you can't do with say a Rogers, you know, Rogers account where you, if you download a, a show like that, right. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so for consuming content is pretty cool. I want to ask you though, it's the, the remote's been taking a lot of a beating on, um, on the internet and I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to Andy Anako. I, I, he's, an interesting uh, journalist because he always sort of gives you the well he gives you the one thing I I, I I have to thank him every day when I when I use the keyboard on my Mac or oh, sorry my iOS devices because he sort of showed he demonstrated the thing where you know if you want to change to a number press and hold down on the number pad and then slide over the number you want and let go and it goes back to the alphanumeric keyboard things like that or or if you if you're trying to zero in on your, the cursor in a word that you selected if you roll your rock your finger back and forth you can you can you know move the cursor move the the beam back and forth right little things like that so on the um the apple remote which was taking you know i was fumbling with it like i said when i first got it couldn't even figure out how to how to click out of the box right um, when i first got it but and that was impeding my setup process but uh he was sort of explaining today about the, the or a couple of days ago about the the speed at which you swipe right it has an effect over how you um access keys so you know the password entry or uh, any any text entry you have to do is painful because you get the three line you get the A to, A to Z on one line you one to one one to nine plus all the all the punctuation and then you get the uppercase and lowercase and you're pressing the play button switches between uppercase and lowercase things like that um, and and so once he sort of explained that that's how you kind of whip around this this uh, this remote to navigate. It's super simple to, to enter text now. I mean, relatively super simple, yeah, right? It's not simple, but people are like like a lot of people are still. Are, it's like they've got five thumbs trying to work on this this uh, remote, right? So, and that maybe maybe is part of what they kind of rushed out the door. Like maybe they were waiting to try and perfect perfect that sort of interface. You know,
1: I'm sure a lot of work went into that. No doubt. I mean, it's yeah. it's a very refined uh, user, user interface. I think. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I really like the. The sort of (laughs) the tactile feel you know yeah they appear to have spent a lot of time on the tactility of the ui when the Mm -hmm. way you can move over that trackpad which has a sort of tactility to it if you will it's it's a little rough right so if you move your thumb along that and then the way that focus moves between elements on the screen it sort of has a tension to it as you move from one right. to the other, you can feel it for sure when you're moving slowly, right? And it goes away when you move quickly. But when you have your focus on a letter and you ease to the right and you can kind of see it lean a bit to the right and then fall off the cliff and onto the next one. Right. right. It has a, it's, it's a very interesting feel that they very clearly worked on quite a bit.
2: So that's the, that's the UI dynamic stuff where it work, right? Well,
1: underlying mm-hmm. that, sure. So, yeah, seems yeah, like it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. very cool. Very cool. Uh, but there's stuff missing obviously. Um see you you um have plugged it in I guess, yeah, tried yeah. it and yeah. but it's not it's not uh, sort of replaced anything in your house I take it.
2: Oh, it's replaced my Apple TV like period. Okay. Like, uh, like Well, so here here's another thing. Here's another pet peeve of mine. I'm you know I've been a Rogers customer for a long time and they've got their Rogers box. You know, I used to buy their their PVRs and just cuz I'd rather buy it out and have them pay them, you know, $20 a month for the next 10 years or whatever. But I I have the Xbox 3 and and I also have a Sony Blu-ray player and I have an LG TV and when I if my everything's off, right? And I fire up the the Blu-ray player, no matter what inter, in, interface is, is the active interface on my TV, the, there's a th- same link or something like that that switches the interface to the HDMI port that the Blu-ray player is plugged into. Right, and so when, so then, so it's a, you put a disc in, start watching where you go. My Rogers box, you know, then I have to as soon as I fire that up, I have to go and put it back on the appropriate port because it's dumb as a sack full of hammers, right? But the Apple TV picked up where where the Blu-ray player does as well. You just I might if everything's cold right now, I walk over to the remote, tap the remote, it turns on my TV, switches over the HDMI port, and it automatically
1: fires up, well, it fires up the TV, obviously, or the Apple TV. Yeah, I wanted so to talk about that. There's yeah. a huge amount of intelligence that Apple has put into this to integrate with this stuff in your home theater system. You know, one of the things that kind of blew me away uh, was how I was able to immediately uh, control the volume of the TV set.
2: Oh really? Uh, yeah. With
1: with the Apple TV remote and oh. this like in this case like the, the I had it plugged into a TV in my office, which is not my main TV. It's just one that I I have there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week I moved the Apple TV uh, into our living room and replaced the Mac Mini that was there. Oh, and wow. so it it is now our our family's main media consumption device. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our case the uh, we don't have cable, so uh, our Apple TV is is the only thing that we have. So uh, can I ask a question? Just for, okay, go ahead.
2: I, don't, I don't, mean, don't mean to interrupt you, but um, do you use Plex? Yes. So have you installed Plex yes. on the Apple TV
1: now? Okay. Yes, I have the Plex carry on. App. Um, the, thing, the thing that we found, uh, or that I found rather, was that uh, the Apple TV can learn other remotes. So I have the uh, the, the TV in my in my living room, and mm-hmm. I also have a sound bar, and it's a Sony sound bar and a Samsung television uh, bought before I realized how much I hate Samsung. And <laughs> God, they're so terrible. <laughs> anyway, they make good TVs <laughs> and VCRs, yes. yeah. This TV was actually made before they their whole, you know, we're going to copy Apple's uh, iPhones all over the place and yeah. so this this was some years ago. There's this technology called CEC which allows uh, home theater devices to sort of communicate with each other and allow, and it is the foundation of Apple's Apple TVs uh, control over uh, the volume on the TV and the power of it too. So put your Apple TV to sleep, and the com- and the TV turns off as well. Right. You mm-hmm. wake it up, it turns the TV on too. Uh, one thing that I wasn't able to control out of the box when I plugged it into my living room TV was the sound bar. It's a separate thing connected by an optical cable, so ah. the, the the Apple TV couldn't see it. But you can get um, the Apple TV to learn uh, a different remote. So it has a UI where you go and add a remote. And then hold up the soundbar's remote for volume, mm. push the Go volume ahead. up, and it learns it. Push the volume down, it learns it, and you're done. It was mm. super simple. And from that point on, I didn't have to use that remote to control the volume on my soundbar. The Apple TV remote does it. Right. The right. only thing it doesn't do is turn my soundbar on when it's off. Yeah. So that <laughs> for that reason alone, I have to keep it around. But the TV remote is in a drawer now. It doesn't need to be there at all. Very exciting. Well, it's,
2: like, it's like me, my LG remote. I keep it in, I keep it on the side table with my other remotes. Um, which I you know primarily use my Rogers remote to control my, my set desk what do you call those set top boxes? Set top box, yep you know so i have it there because every now and then something will the turn the turning on sequence will get out of whack exactly or i'll have been watching a blu-ray movie and the rogers box is too dumb to move it over and yeah you can you can reprogram your rogers remote but every time the batteries fall out it forgets everything you know Um, so i keep the the apple tv remote in the box beside me but i just love the fact that i can just walk over to the tv and just fire it up and i mean apple tv i mean and just fire it up and so it, it moves me this much closer to being on the same page with you, and that's getting rid of cable because that's another hundred dollars a month that I, you know,
1: begrudge paying. You know, exactly. Oh, it's it's so great. I've been there for years now, and it's uh, I've had no regrets except you know uh, NFL a little bit, <laughs> but I'm not a huge fan. I
2: wouldn't miss us NFL at all. Yeah. So.
1: Well, live sports are really the only w- reason that anyone should keep television. I think anymore, but, um, mm. the, the, the scene in my living room is much improved now. So if you go in there, it used to be, I'd have a Mac mini plugged into the television, uh, yeah. with a, uh, an Apple Bluetooth keyboard and a magic mouse on the table, along with a, um, the harmony remote for the TV, a, an Apple TV re- or sorry, the speaker, t- uh, remote control and these uh, the TV remote control did I get all that anyway a bunch of remote controls a keyboard and a mouse on the uh, living room table all of that is gone now and it's just one little Apple remote sitting in the middle of it and uh, it's a lot simpler mm-hmm. so if, if you set it up right and it's still you know it still requires some messing around to get it set up <laughs> and working but out of the box it is remarkable how mm-hmm how much work has gone into just getting it all working together. And I think if, if, um, if we're missing features in other places, I think it's because Apple spent a ton of time in this spot. They've, so they've built a really strong foundation, and they can they can add their features now. Here, here's the funny thing, though, is that it obviously doesn't work for everyone, you know? When when you mm-hmm. said that it's been panned all over the Internet. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about Twitter primarily, and, and the journalists, like, you know. The, the That's exactly what I'm talking about, too. Yeah. Um, I saw a link from Daring Fireball tonight about uh, a, a podcast with uh, Jason Snell and Mike Hurley, I believe. Uh-huh. and they spent some time uh, roughing up the TV setup experience because for them, it just didn't work that great. Why? Uh, you know, reasons. <laughs> uh, home theater reasons, because there are so many mm. diverse pieces of equipment out there, and who knows right. what situation you're in. For my my example, uh, it worked very, very well. It's not perfect, but it worked very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it obviously won't do that for everyone. Well,
2: I mean, the one the one... Thing we should talk about with the Apple TV, especially as iOS developers and people who have an interest in making money off of selling apps ha! on the, on the quote-unquote air quotes app store. Must be some what other app store. What do you think store? about the process of finding apps on the Apple TV? Obviously, it needs work. It needs work. It's yeah. absolutely crap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, For those of you who
2: don't know, the only way to find apps on the App Store is you go to the App Store, you switch over to uh, the featured page, if you will, and there's a search, right? And the search is, again, that long alphanumeric search bar, and you have to know the name of the app you're looking for. The or, worst. I guess you have to know the keywords
1: to find it, right? Yeah, so. it's not. Yeah, it's not just the name. Like to give an example, uh, on day one, I looked for the Plex app. Right? We talked about right. that. Right. So I started typing in Plex. Plex wasn't available mm. on day one of the app store, but an alternative was called Simplex. Ah, right. And because they had used the word Plex in their product description, it came up, and to their benefit. The search is auto updating as you type, right? So you, you go P and then all your way back to the L and then you hit the E and yeah. now by this time it's showing Simplex. Right. Mm-hmm. So that worked out fine. Uh, the other thing that you can do is if um, many, obviously many Apple TV apps have an iOS equivalent, and sure. if you own that app already on iOS, then you can find it much more readily under the purchase tab in your sure. Apple TV yeah. store. So. It's not entirely without hope. And you really, you know, the, I think the big omission here is just Siri integration with the App Store. Yeah, it's not, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, it'll come. Obviously, it'll come. Um, but, you know, if Apple had to spend its time, you know, making the setup as polished as possible, then this is something that they that is yet to come. Hmm. Um, but you I know saw i want to say see...
0: that said they're adding a uh, categories page or something like that to make it a little easier to browse
1: well that would be nice yeah i think i did hear about <laughs> that um I, I haven't seen it because i haven't had time to watch tv today <laughs> but uh yeah um i think i did hear something about that that would that would you didn't help watch pr- you didn't watch our prime minister being sworn in today uh no i tried and uh <laughs> it was a tico url so of course i couldn't open it oh right sick right. burn it's tico <laughs> um uh-huh. No, but I uh, followed it on Twitter. Cool. Yeah, so I think search and Siri integration will make a big difference for, for the app store there.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing a lot of developers have been complaining about is the fact that because people can't find their apps, some developers who went Apple TV only are, are in the dark. Yeah, they are. Dark. The ones The ones that are like, I think you're like yourself, who have uh, an integrated app where it's available in both markets in the same binary or similar binaries, um, then or it's, you released yours under Wonder Binary, right? Didn't you? Well, it's, I don't know how to describe it's a tar- it. It's a, tar- it's a target attached to your, your same bundle ID, right? Something, or something, something, like something. Yeah. Same like thing. That. Yeah. Anyway, but people can find Magpie through by hook or by crook, right? So if they have it on so iOS, just,
1: then it's under their purchase tab. In, yeah. So TV.
2: I, I mean, I guess I guess Magpie is probably a bad example as far as sales go. But God, is it ever! Oh my uh, good lord!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm crying.
2: Okay, would that people would be buying it? They would at least have a half a chance of finding it on the on the app store on the sorry on the iOS app store than they would on the TVOS app store.
1: You say that, right? And that's yep. what some
2: of the developers were saying: is
1: is thank God that they they published through both platforms. Quite right. Quite right. Yeah. I I wonder what the, you know, the standard sort of experience will be for acquiring new apps on the TV. You know, mm-hmm. the TV is such a passive experience. You've gone there to sit down and just, you know, you're not doing work anymore. Mm-hmm. So this isn't. Think of the context that you use to uh, to buy apps on the on the iOS App Store. You know, say you're, you're sitting in a waiting room or something, you pull out your phone and you're bored, so you look at the App Store and see what's new, right? Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. a very common experience. Yeah, it's like flipping through a magazine. Sure. When, yeah. 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 And, um, or you hear about something and you, you go to it. But when you're going to watch TV, you're, you're there to relax, to chill, and uh, it, you're not there to conduct a task, such as yeah. browsing well, an App Store know. and looking for apps
2: yeah i'm a tv watcher like i think jaime is too like i usually have my ipad or my mac with me when i'm watching tv right so so or i got my phone and you
1: know if the the show bores the hell out of me i'll i'll be on twitter or slack in a minute right so well see there's a difference between you and me right because i don't have cable and so if i'm watching something on tv i'm watching it i'm not i don't just have it on in background and i might be doing something else Mm, so you're focused yeah Yeah, i am focused on what's on tv because um i i use it very deliberately
2: yeah, for, well, for me, the radio and the, and the television—they're they're background noise, and occasionally, I'll just something will be said and catch my attention, or somebody will be interviewed, or whatever, and I'll you know stop with what I'm doing and watch that. Right? So,
1: so you uh, you tell me then, uh, because you're probably much more um, uh, common than than what I do. How how likely is it? Do you think that people will be to decide that browsing the Apple TV app store is a thing that you'll do?
2: Well, it's what you do now with with the TV remote, right? You sit there and you flip through the TV, like channel flipping. For, yeah, you flip through the the categories, like Mark was saying, and see what's new. Oh, hey, that looks interesting. I mean, that that initially, you know, if you think back to where we were, you know, three years ago when we went, when all this stuff was new, that's what you would do. You would go to the you would go to the App Store and you would look for an iPhone app. You'd go to the App Store and look for an iPad app. Right now, it's like forget it. You know, unless if it's not, if it's not on the feature page, it's not going to get noticed, right? Right. Even even with the categories, I, I still think the categories Apple's wrong. I mean, I hope they do put categories on the app, on the app, on the iOS App Store, but I think they're wrong about categories having any value. We had this discussion with with some iTunes people a few years ago about you know the, the way the keywords work and was first you know the first keyword and the secondary there's a first level and a secondary category level and and I have a really hard time believing that people actually are able to find stuff on the App Store or even i you know podcasts on iTunes are impossible. To find as well, right? So unless somebody sends you a link or gives you a specific, you know, URL, you're not going to find it. Obviously,
1: yeah. Well, there's just yeah. too many, too many <laughs> yeah. of all yeah. those things. Too many podcasts. Too many apps. Yeah. Too much yeah. media. There's there's no way to how how does one adequately yeah that's true silo this stuff in a way that can put the whatever you want in front of you. Machine intelligence, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no that's idea. sort
2: of, I, yeah, I went, I, and it's not AI for Siri, but at least, at least Siri would be able to search for things on keywords, right? If, if they had integrated it, right? Right. So.
1: yeah, And like they do for video, but only for the video apps that are supported with that. So Plex is not, for example, you right. know, when I say right. I, I want to watch The Good Wife, uh, it'll yeah. bring up The Good Wife on iTunes and Netflix, but right. not my own personal library of The Good Wife. Awesome show. Mm-hmm. Um, So. You know, there's there's still more to come, and I I know that uh, Siri search API support is also one of those things to come, so that Plex mm. can update to include that. One of the things that I really love is the uh, video scrubber. When you're watching a video, and this is no matter what app you're in, uh, Netflix or Magpie <laughs> or Plex, um, mm-hmm. you put your your thumb on the on the trackpad, and you can scrub it with abandon, and it will keep up, show you a thumbnail and be super slick. Oh, so as you see me fast-forwarding... Fast yeah, you and, want to fast-forward okay. or go backward, catch something. Well, you know, on any other device, basically. Yeah, yeah um, There's
2: like a replay button, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. if you want to... Fast-forward, like, yeah. You
1: missed it, you want to go back. And you you do that and you take your life in your hands because sometimes <laughs> it, it takes a really long time to get to the spot that you're after and, you know, sure. it stutters and skips and sometimes it screws up all altogether and, like, the... the, the Older Apple TV is just terrible for that. But this mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. it's golden. Uh, they, they really nailed it with it. And, um, I'm actually sometimes a little afraid to, uh, while I'm watching a video, to pick up the remote because one of the things that we could complain about with the remote itself is how symmetrical it is and uh, sometimes difficult to know which way's up, right? Uh, mm-hmm, so if you grab mm-hmm. it by the, the trackpad end while you're watching a video, you could very readily start scrubbing through the video without realizing mm. it, right? Um, and that's, so. That's kind of a risk you take when you uh, when you have such a an easy to use scrub capability. But I'm I'm nitpicking at this point. Uh, so well,
2: I mean, I could, you can say the same thing. There's certain, some things that happened in iOS nine on my stupid big giant you know crazy iPhone six plus too big for real time. Right. Too you know, big I, for I, real I'm time. Often, I'm often hitting the wrong button or swiping around or when I, when I don't intend to.
1: That's just you being just, drunk, Tim. Well, it's because I'm fumbling to try and hold the thing in one hand. Ah, right? see, that's it. You know. You know, what they need to come up with is like an an attachment, a prosthetic arm that you can put on your chest and it could hold the iPhone so that they need to come up with a chip
2: that I can plug in behind my ear. What would that do? iOS would be in my head.
1: Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. And (laughs) I'd like it to be on my eyeballs and then we wouldn't need computers. (laughs) anymore.
2: Well, no, you wouldn't need eyeballs because it would just go right into your ocular nerve and, and you'd basically see what's on your screen without having to have a screen. I'm sold. Or Bluetooth or wires or batteries. Sign or
1: me up. Take my money. <laughs> I want that. You, you know yeah. it's coming. <laughs> no, I do know it's coming for sure. Yeah, right? yeah. But I, so how would Apple the, market what's
0: such the a thing? Line on the TV. If you were not a developer, oh, sorry. Is this something <laughs> you'd again.
1: buy? Um, it definitely is an upgrade from the existing Apple oh, TV time, for sure. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. For me, I think it is. Uh, Mark, for me, it was it was huge because um, it replaced a computer plugged into my television and all the yeah. complications that surround that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my family kind of freaked out a bit <laughs> when <laughs> when this happened because, mm-hmm. you know, and they freaked out when the computer appeared in the first place. So, you know, mm. give them some credit. But this is dramatically simplified things. And it's only possible because the TV, Apple TV, is an app platform. Of all the things about the Apple TV, that is the element that is being underplayed the most. The reviewers and the pundits and the journalists and the people on Twitter, they all don't recognize, I don't think, the fact that this is an app platform that can change and grow and improve and mm-hmm. do more for us than any other streaming platform can. So it's a big mm-hmm. deal, and it, um, it may not be uh, an overwhelmingly persuasive deal today, but it certainly can be in the future
2: well it's like the apple apple tv one i I don't know if the one and two were the big the big one the big box right yeah i mean that one you could basically you know boot it and root it or whatever and and uh whatever the correct terminology is and install stuff on it right right i mean that was and people love doing that you know they you know, put bigger hard drives in them and, and, uh, you know, and took them over and, and installed third party interfaces into them. Right. Sure. I um, mean, and that Apple took that away with the second, uh, or third generation of Apple TV, right.
1: They locked her so, down.
2: Yeah. Locked her down.
1: But they don't have to do that anymore. That's the great thing. Here we have a, a platform that you can develop on legit. Yeah. And yeah. people are so. And somebody will jailbreak it next week. I'm sure, you know, yeah. Uh, some, some buffoons. Yep. Yeah. But for what purpose, I mean, like <laughs> the, you well, know because people, people, people want shush on it, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, because people unlock things, I think because they think they they 're in control, right, you know yeah,
1: oh for uh, well, ideological the reasons are being
2: stolen and whatever
1: yeah ideological reasons, okay, well, fair, yeah. fair enough i 'm talking about functionality, the stuff that 's actually going to make these things sell um, mm-hmm. Mark, I would yeah. say that uh, for my needs, it has met them uh, met them very quickly, and I think that there is more to come. What I'm waiting for, and I know not waiting for, but uh, what I'm interested in seeing, I'll say, is how games uh, fare on the Apple Mm -hmm. TV. If it becomes a platform where you know, like the the console-style games become more more popular, more interesting, how that market works is it is it such that uh, game developers can make money on it, and therefore therefore drive more development on the Apple TV? Like specifically to the Apple TV, will people end up buying game controllers because there are so mm-hmm. many great titles on the Apple TV? Those are interesting questions, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you try Crossy Road yet?
1: Yeah, I tried Crossy Road. It's all right. It's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not uh, multiplayer, but uh, single player. Uh, I w- I uh, would love to try Alto. Uh, I have not done that yet. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only the only thing about it is for those of you listening out out there it doesn't bring your and it tells you right at the very beginning it doesn't bring your your levels
1: over from ios or whatever you can oh. still
2: get into game center i believe but yeah game uh, center
1: is on the tv yeah. so yeah. Do, do does also not use game center
2: it uses game center yes it does because my my score is registered over there but I, I do remember reading when i first started playing it that it, it can't bring your your um existing levels over because I've gone quite far in in alto. I don't know how far along I am, I'm not finished anywhere near finished. But still,
1: I had to start from the very, very beginning with with alto. Huh? Yeah. Well, there you go. I may have missed something. Who knows? Sure, you know, or someone like Jaime could come along and and develop a whole retro arcade, you know, meta package that has like sure. a whole whack of classic arc- arcade games in it. You know, I am mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just an yeah, idea that makes guy. Interesting. I mean.
3: like, I, I, didn't we <laughs> talk about at one point that? Um, I believe there's there's certainly a notion that you could take old Atari games. Yeah, you, know, the, you told me about that. Did we you were talking okay. about
1: that, yeah I'm last pretty week sure or the,
2: before. One of the one of the uh, brands out there, I've forgotten which one it was. Is, this is around 2011, I think. Um, came out with a package of all their titles. Like I thought it was Atari or something like that. Yeah, Atari did iOS, that.
1: on iOS, right? Uh, I believe you're right, Tim. Um, let yep. me uh, do some. Namco did that as well with some of its games. Is is,
2: uh, Defender on there? I believe
3: so. There's there's like five (laughs) different packages, I think,
1: for. um, Atari's greatest hits on the App Store. I used
2: to waste like at least five bucks before philosophy
1: class playing Defender back in the day. Yeah, you can get it on the App Store, Tim. It's uh, Atari's greatest hits, it's called. Okay. And uh, it's got. And you have to buy each one as an in-app purchase, if I'm not mistaken. Or you right? could buy so. all of it for 12 bucks. Oh,
2: it's that's a good price. It, it was a lot more expensive when it first came out. I remember that was one of the first sort of in-app purchase kind of disappointments. Right. Not that I was a big Atari player anyway. I was more Sega than that.
1: But there's Asteroid, Centipede Pong. Okay. Yeah. Stone, Tempest, Lunar Superbreaker. Well, it's a really Super good deal breaker. if you
0: consider that when they first came out, they probably cost 40 bucks a piece, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we used to go to the building alley and play Space Invaders and Pong and those things when they first came out as well. So Mm -hmm.
1: lots of quarters wasted on those guys. Yeah, I actually would love to see a MAME application come out for the Apple TV, as it has for iOS. You know what MAME is? The Multi-Arcade Machine Emulator? This is sort of a bootleg uh, shell for running classic arcade games uh mm-hmm. not just atari but uh super nintendo and sega and you know various other uh console yeah. platforms uh including mm-hmm. arcade games like you know the the big arcade games and and so every once in a while one of them appears on the uh, ios app store because uh, it slips through somehow <laughs> and then uh, apple finds it and then shuts it down but if you've gotten it in sure. time then you you have it right right so uh i'm waiting for one of those bad boys to appear on the app store for uh, apple tv and so then we could have classic uh multi arcade machine emulator with your own ROMs that you can get from the internet and play all these great games <laughs> purely for research, obviously not for not, you know, not for fun, so otherwise um you know I'd say overall happy with the apple t v uh it has improvements to be made, obviously, but um overall, I like it a lot
2: yeah I'm regretting having I just literally bought a second apple t v just before the announcement you know uh-huh. um at wwdc yeah so i've got i've actually got a a spare apple tv here now
1: yeah i've got one too and uh i don't know what to do with it at this point um
2: well i moved one i had i bought a second one for upstairs but now i've got i've got three floors of tvs i can put one up on the third floor now and well sounds like you're all out of problems except for the fact that they don't have the fancy new remote no that's (laughs) right anyway yeah and i'm also thinking about telling my wife the other day i want to get a small tv or downgrade you know Upgrade one of the TVs upstairs, and so I have a smaller 19-inch here to, on the desk. So, it, so I, when I'm working, developing on stuff, I don't have to haul over to the big TV around the in the living room. So,
1: yeah, yeah, good point. So we want to talk about iPad uh, Pro. Uh, iPad, iPad Pro. Pro. Have you guys got anything to add to what I've got posted there, or no? I think I'm just... I'm super excited. Any, anybody else excited about this? Is it just me?
2: Uh, well, I'm excited about it because I, I'm actually thinking of buying one. Right, so they were talking about the Apple Apple uh, TV. Uh, Post on nine to five Mac talking about uh, November
1: eleventh. You mean the, the iPad predicted. Pro post on nine to five Mac? Yeah, you got yeah. Apple TV on the brain. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> it's almost yeah. as big as a TV, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I was doing a video today earlier on on stack Views and I kept saying Slack View. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know or, uh, yeah.
2: or size class. I refer I call it size class instead of that's one of my my per- Is I always say the wrong thing when I'm talking about other stuff. Says Tim hmm. the podcaster. Well, that's why I decided to name my feet leading and, and trailing. Yeah, well, that's clever. Yeah.
1: Hi, mate, or Mark, have anything to say on the it's iPad Pro? I'm interested in
3: um, at least trying to see, you know. So I, I do prefer the larger iPad. Um, the iPad Air 2 is what I have, and I'll mm-hmm. go to the store and, and check this out and see. Do I feel like there's a potential here, especially for split screen capabilities? I, I don't know that I would use the keyboard nor the stylus as
2: much mm-hmm.
3: the pen or pencil rather but uh, at least the larger surface area would be kind of interesting so mm-hmm. just like the iphone 6s plus i'll make a trip you know one trip to the apple store try them out in the store and see how
0: i feel yeah i'm gonna like me though i, I right. i'm interested in it but i wonder if it'll be just a little too big for everyday use if you know what i mean you know i like to carry my ipad around with me and and right. it would be a little too big for that i, I don't know We'll have to see.
2: Yeah, I don't carry my my iPad freehand. I I sort of throw it in a backpack with my with my uh, my MacBook Um, when I'm traveling. I do have a smaller, you know, ten inch Targus bag that I can throw it in when I go to play guitar and stuff like that. Again, you know, being the senior in the group and having the bad eyes, I think having a bigger a bigger screen to see things on will help as well, right? So yeah, true. So so it's your grandfather's uh,
1: iPad. (laughs) I'm trying to find the pricing. It's not on Apple. Oh, it's a, site.
2: I, I more had more had an article on it. Um, try there.
1: Okay, I, I found a different uh, site, but uh it's saying here this is US dollar pricing 32 gig and 128 gig configurations. So nothing in between those two sizes.
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Apple. Um and those prices will be 799 US and
2: 949 US. Yeah, two grand Canadian.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um well, the And there's also a 128-gig version that has LTE. Oh, right, so yes, there's these right. three configurations, okay? And they range from yeah. 800 US to 1,080 US. Mm-hmm. Um, feels to me like the difference between the 32 and the 128... Uh, you know, is is one hundred and fifty dollars? <laughs> so they're basically saying to you, you know, you really should not get the thirty two gig version. Get the big popcorn. Get the big one. Get the biggie, and uh, and then if you decide you want LTE, then get that. You know. By the way, that's fourteen hundred and five dollars Canadian for the top end one. Mm-hmm. Fourteen hundred, eh? Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of
2: money, man. That's <sighs> a
1: small MacBook. Yeah. No, you could buy a MacBook uh for about that price. Yeah. Uh, it's just, ooh, you know, and then you want to throw in the keyboard and the stylus. Yeah. And that's 169 no, you the and 99.
2: Keyboard, no, 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 no. I would, I would never get that keyboard. That's so no, lame. You're right about probably that. i for the keyboard 2.0. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> Apple's known for iterating quickly on their input devices. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Suffice to say, uh, that's probably going to be their keyboard for the con- Foreseeable future, uh, but look to third parties. <laughs> um, unless that third party is Way Tools with their Text Blade, don't look to them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a lot of money, baby. Uh, that that is what really kind of slows me down when I think about it. Um, I certainly mm-hmm. can't afford that right now, but it is still an incredibly compelling looking piece of hardware. Jaime, you're saying that you're just going to go and figure out if it's something that you feel like you can fit in your life. Is that accurate? Right. So
3: the iPad Air two is. Doing a really you know spectacular job, especially with the mm-hmm. um, the multitasking. Which uh, I'll take a little side note here that thankfully Evernote finally updated for that. So maybe they okay. did that in anticipation of the iPad Pro. I didn't look at their release notes, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. So everybody benefits from that. Uh, who, you know who can do multitasking, not just iPad Pro users. But that is a nice little segue into how I would end up using this. Right. So I use Split View a lot for calendar and uh, Twitter or Safari evernote to a lesser extent because it was kind of a hassle to do a little slide over but now if i can have evernote side by side with safari you know grabbing notes for the show or collecting interesting notes for myself i think that would be really nice and it would be a whole lot nicer if you could have two side-by-side views that are really nice and spacious that i think the ipad pro would be able to have
1: it seems like it would make the ipad pro much more of a productivity tool than than it is now right I guess what it comes down to is, do you actually think that you could use the iPad Pro or otherwise as a productivity tool? Uh, are there scenarios that you'd use it in where you wouldn't use a MacBook, for example?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, I, I was going to ask too. I guess as a se- sort of secondary question, do you think this is the 17-inch MacBook of of old of the old days? You know, like uh, I wonder how many of those they sold because they were. They were around for a number of years, but then they got rid of them. Like they were pr- pretty
1: much cafeteria trays by the time they were uh, when you were walking around with those, right? So yep. true, yeah. But you know, they they had loyal followings. Uh, people really loved them and and bemoaned their absence. Yeah. Does the iPad Pro fall into that same category? I do not I, think I mean,
2: so. I mean, in the in the world of iPads, is it sort of that uh, equivalent sort of idea? Right? No, so.
1: I don't think it is. Um, I'll tell you why. I think that the the 17 inch MacBook Pro, or sorry was there After. ever a macbook pro that was 17 inches yeah yes, yes. there was. Oh, okay
0: um didn't
1: know if that was a PowerBook thing um yeah, so you're one of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh the 17 inch macbook pro didn't offer anything new and different from other macbooks right aside from its screen size right the size of the screen didn't change fundamentally how you work with a thing whereas the ipad pro i believe does mm-hmm. because it's so large that um it, that it's uh, split screen view is is big enough that you can actually really use two apps side by side. Mm, you sort right, of can yeah. with the iPad Air too, but it's just not as capacious. It's it's not as freeing, I don't think. And so I think I suspect anyway. And I don't know for sure, but I suspect the iPad Pro is going to enable different productivity flows, different use cases than the iPad does. And you know, if you compare that to the the 17 the inch MacBook Pro. Uh, people just like the bigger screen, but they weren't doing different things on it than a 15-inch MacBook Pro user would. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, It does. I'm just like calling up, up the iPad Pro article on on um, iMore, which I was reading earlier today. Which yeah. device was I reading it on? <laughs> That's the thing. Um, the other thing about it is, of course, the the pen, uh, pen, pencil. Sorry, it's a pencil, and it's the only device to date that has support for Apple's pencil. So. While I think that's going to change, and it'll come to the phone and to other iPads as well. People who want to use a stylus, you know, and particularly in artistic context too, right? So drawing, and you know, it's the pictures that they have on their own website. Um, mm-hmm. I think that um, that's going to drive a lot of adoption as well. At least until it does come to other devices. So at the beginning, we're going to see a lot of people buy this because, oh my God, I got to have this because it's the only thing I can use the stylus with, and it's the best stylus on the market as I'm pretty sure people will find. But then we're also going to have a question later on. When the next iPad comes out, the iPad Air 3, for example, um, (laughs) and it comes with pencil support, so you can buy the pencil and, and work with it on that, will people step down from the iPad Pro size in order to use a smaller, more portable device, but with pencil as well. And then even later when the iPhone seven comes out, for example, and it has pencil support, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. will people still adopt that because they can use their pencil anywhere. And then you start thinking about the pencil (laughs) as I do. And you think of that it could be used for much more than just art right and, sure. and scribbling notes um it, it can be a, a user interface device uh for editing text uh mm-hmm. remember star trek next generation and it's ilk uh mm-hmm. how, how they used uh styli uh on their pads sure uh to highlight and work with text you but they also had a girl to carry it around for you you're thinking of the original series yes of course i am yeah i oh, there's about another next star generation. trek yes um oh. i know you're trying to have me on here but uh <laughs> anywho um yeah, you could see in Next Generation on their their pads how styluses, styli, were used to edit text. Hmm. Um, yes, I got your link here, Tim. Thank you for the pricing. Yes. So, um, it, and that's actually, uh, you know, even as I was watching it as a kid, uh, Next Generation, that looked ridiculous. But uh, I can definitely imagine using a pencil today on an iPad and and editing text much more precisely than you can with a finger. Mm. Or maybe even more precise than with uh, the two fingers on the keyboard thing that is well, in iOS
2: And I tell you, as as having been trained as an artist and, and understanding this stuff, you know, when you're using a stylus, you're actually using three fingers at the time, right? You're using you're using a, so you've got a bigger muscle group and you've got more finite movement, right? than trying to use the tip of your finger with your whole arm you know moving around sure the, yeah makes sense your shoulder and elbow and all that kind of stuff involved whereas you know when you're you got more finesse when you're just you know wiggling your fingers in your hand
1: right and a finer yeah. point at the end of it too right yeah 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 so that makes sense uh Plus
2: pressure pl- applying pressure and doing brush
1: strokes and all that kind of stuff can apply come into play as well yeah so you know in, in personally i don't think I'm, I guarantee it. I'm not getting an iPad Pro anytime soon, uh, mm-hmm. but I am. I am fascinated by it um, as an observer of the iPad as a platform. I think this is going to be a big deal, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out and uh, what developers do with it. Mark, are you getting one?
0: Well, like I said, I want to take a look first and see really just how <laughs> big it is. It, it's kind of like the yeah. the six plus was, right? It's bigger seems like a good idea in in concept, but when you actually yeah. start using it, maybe it's not. So we'll have to see.
2: Well, and as I said before, using that same analogy, if I was given a choice today, if I wanted to go buy a phone today, I would probably buy a six, not a six plus.
1: Mm-hmm. Regret?
2: Or, do I regret having the bigger one? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never really been able to take advantage of, in development terms, the split screen uh, aspect of it. You right. Know? And yeah, and it is, it is, it's horribly big. If you're sitting
1: down and you want to pull it out of your pocket, it's. Thank God for the watch. That's all I have to say. Huh. Yeah, no so. kidding. Yeah, no kidding. It's funny that you say that, though. Like, I, I have little fantasies about getting a plus sometimes. Uh, every yeah. time I go to the Apple store, I just kind of, I hold it and I go, hmm, it's a, like it's like a novelty size check and yet so pleasant, so huge, so capacious. And then I put it down again and walk away. But, you know, the thoughts there in my head, it's like it's like a seed and there's a weed growing, Tim, and it's, it's yeah. peeking out from the cracks. It,
2: it's definitely a weed that's growing there for <laughs> sure. Aaron,
1: yeah. buy me, buy me. Yeah. I just, I'm just thinking here.
2: I wonder if I have it on. Isn't there like two display modes on this thing? One uh, on the yeah, six, six plus. I've got, I've got, I have the standard. I'm, I'm looking, using it right now on the standard view, and then the zoomed. What is zoomed? Oh, it makes everything bigger. Okay, never mind. That's Going an accessibility mode, right? You're talking. No, about. well, no. Under display and display and wallpaper, you can you can have the um, uh, you can make the the icons bigger as they like scale it up as if it's an iPhone six itself, right? Oh, is that only a feature on the six plus? I don't know. Don't don't you guys have? Well, when you go to when you go to display or sorry, display and brightness. Do you not have a display zoom uh, standard? and I do. And zoomed,
1: yeah. Uh, zoomed, yes, I do. Let's set it and see what happens. I've never <laughs> seen it before. Oh, it's going to restart my phone. Come on.
2: Well, no, no, hang on a sec. Before you do that, go back, if you go back in, there's there's a swipe mode you can. They give you an example of a, of a, uh, a, a an email messages. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I'm and looking at that springboard, and it just sort. I don't know. really, it's really imperceptibly. Oh, um, different. It's perceptibly different.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely different. But, uh, yeah, crazy.
2: I think I looked at it on the first day and went, no, and went back to the, I want to be disappointed in the, in the order that Apple expect, expects me to be. All right, then. <laughs> Which is paraphrasing from the Big Bang Theory, where Sheldon says he wants to be disappointed in the order that George Lucas intended.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just saw <laughs> that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. <sighs> okay. So, iPad Pro. Looking forward to it. Anyone else have anything to add about the iPad Pro? Right on.
2: Got to see it. You know, it's, it's, I think it's one of the few iPads that I... Uh, every other iPad I've bought sight unseen, you know, like when, it, when the new one rolls out. This I think I'm I'm almost tempted to do the same thing you guys are talking about, going to the Apple Store and, and laying my eyes on one. But then, then you're going to have to wait two months for delivery and blah, 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 if you don't
1: order on the the first day sort of thing, you know? I doubt that. You know, I don't know. At first, I think it may not be a huge seller. And Apple's well, much better about... So let, let's hear some math here. I know we okay. we're not, we don't like doing math on this show, but so
2: <laughs> how many iPads are there out there, Aaron, in the world?
1: Well, we talked about Macs last week. I don't know about the iPads. Um, hundred
2: million. It, give me a hundred million. Okay, so what's twenty-five of a hundred million? Twenty-five percent of a hundred million. Twenty-five million.
1: Twenty-five million. That's an easy one, Tim.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, is, is, but so so is that? You think they won't sell twenty-five million on the first go go-around?
1: Yeah, I don't think they will
2: do that. No. Really?
3: Wait, wait. What are you what are you considering first go go-around? Like first year?
2: Well, the first, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess the first order, first well, year, first let's, month. Let's no, 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 because the there's absolutely
3: month. zero chance that, that day one or even first quarter will have 25 million. It right. just will yeah. not happen, right? Like, the, It'll be a subsection, subset, yeah, rather, is what I meant to say, yeah. of the iPads overall, which are yeah. on the decline. And yeah. not even close oh, to true, iPhone, yeah. which iPhone's also, what, 15, say 15 to almost 20 million in that first quarter of availability. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. See, I, I've always had this sort of rule of thumb of of thirty three percent. Anything that that's new or change or whatever, you, you know, if you're if you're trying to re, you know um, retain clients, I always sort of I, I imagine the number is going to be 33 percent. You know, if we have we have two hundred thousand downloaders of an app and we do a new thing, how many people are going to really care about it or, or do the update to the next one? That's an easy number to come up with, and that's sort of a, a rule of thumb. So I think this is a new sort of outlier model for iPad, and so it'll it'll sort of fit in that range. Because the same thing happened with the Mini; people weren't really sure what people would do with the Mini, right? And now we have what three choices of Mini, or do we up until recently we had three choices for Minis, right? Mini, the Mac
1: Mini, yeah, uh, no Mini. iPad
2: iPad Mini. Sorry.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: sorry,
3: <laughs> iPad Minis is a little different, though. I think just like the the Six Plus and the Six, which yeah. You know, those both iPhones, there was a market need and market desire for larger iPhones. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think the Mac, sorry, the iPad mini, there was also a need and a desire for a smaller version of the iPad. Yeah. Right, something a little bit more portable, something closer in size to, like, the Nexus 7. But I'm not not sure that there's a huge amount of clamoring for a larger iPad.
2: Yeah, so the analogy I kind of use for the iPad and the iPad mini is the difference between a hardcover and a paperback. In terms of like because that's you know some people like the smaller size right? and portability and all that kind of stuff right so
1: yeah the thing is I think I think the thing that we're missing here about the iPad pro is I th- believe that Apple is regarding the iPad pro as a professional device a business device not not as a mm. consumer device so much I think any kind of models modeling that you come up with to forecast potential sales yeah. um can't be based on existing iPad sales because I think it's you know, at least in Apple's mind, a very different piece of hardware than any existing iPad, yeah. you know, I like, I've had to face up to it myself, you know, my iPad is, is a leisure device. It's a consumption device. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not something I use to sit down and get work done with, right? right. That's where I pull out for my me, Mac. For me, it is. For me, I use my iPad for work all the time. Like you, you are going to focus, sit down. I'm going to get some work yep. done. Pull out the iPad. Yep. 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 Okay. I'm going to, we can come back D- to that. Just, I, I actually was, yeah, go ahead. Oh. Um, I, I think you're an outlier. <laughs> um, and let's set that aside for a second. Sure. Okay. Um, because I'll make my point no matter what anyone says. <laughs> I think that Apple doesn't see it that way. I think they see it as a consumption device, but I think the iPad Pro is their answer to that. And, you know, if you're Apple and you're looking at the cl- declining iPad sales from quarter to quarter um, over the past few years, uh, they are looking at the iPad Pro as their way to, to get that that line mm-hmm. to bend upward again. Right. And they're doing that by targeting a different group of customer, the kind of yeah, people and, more like you, Tim, who uh, who do see it potentially at least as a work device, because sure. here there's something finally large enough to, to be used for work.
2: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and uh, I find it annoying that some of the apps that I want to do, or some of the tasks I want to do on the iPad are, are dumbed down because of the apps that are available. Um, you know, for instance, on a web experience, you might get a, you'll get a, um, a, mo- a mobile version, a sort of mid term mobile mobile version of a site rather than the full site sort of thing. Um, I was going to say something else too. You were going to probably. Words. I was hoping you were going to tell us about how you use it for real work. Oh yeah, I mean, like like for instance, this this uh, this weekend I had to transcribe some videos, so I had my wife's twelve uh, inch laptop playing the video back, and I was actually keying in copious amounts of text on my iPad using the the digital
1: keyboard, like the on screen keyboard, which I know you can't believe because you're a touch typer right no i i i can sit down at the on-screen keyboard and hammer away at that but (laughs) you know at the end of the day if i've got like a this amazing 12 inch macbook in front of me right now yeah uh, yeah. that is a far superior device to an ipad for what you were talking about
2: sure sure but then i'm also uh you know more visual and and you know would work use my ipad for photoshopy kind of stuff and sketching and what have
1: you as well right so but the software is not really there for that is it
2: it, it is and it isn't i mean it depends on how you use it you have to you do have to use it's like the old days like don't forget i started back in, in the 80s late 80s with mac where you <laughs> me to use forget five, that come on <laughs> when you had to have five different programs to do one simple task right you know Um, you do do part of the app, part of the thing in one in Lectroset studio and you do something else in Photoshop and then you go over to illustrator and then you finally put it all together in quark. I mean like, you know, coming from desktop, you probably know what I mean. Right. And that's kind of sort of what it is now. Like, you know, like when I'm doing the podcast notes, I'll, I'll use my iPhone six plus because it's big enough or I'll use my iPad. Or if I'm, you know, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm working, I I tend to want to work with my iPad. And, and the, like I said, the only the only thing for me is Xcode doesn't run on my on my iPad. You know, yeah. If I had an Xcode dumb or light or whatever, and I could do you know sixty percent of what you could do in Xcode, I would do it on the iPad. If if you had, if it, if they came up with an Xcode Xcode light that had you know code completion, editing, and you and and you could sort of do builds, let's say, or or you know sort of dumb down c- compiling. I understand that you can't compile because it it's not a proper computer. But if I was able to
1: use my iPad to actually work on code, I would. Well, there's no reason that you couldn't, right? Why couldn't it build software? Why couldn't it? That's because
2: the the ID yeah, exactly. But there's, well, no, there is, there is, there is the. I asked a a friend of mine who's written compilers. Uh, It has to do with the sandboxing of you can't on a Mac. You 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 are not restricted by by the compiler. It
1: runs at a different level than than the application you're in, sort of thing. Uh, well, the compiler is a separate program from the yeah. one that you're running. Yes, that's true. But yeah. you know, if you're Apple, you can break those rules, and they do. That's true. That's you know, true. so I think it's certainly possible. And never mind that. Like, you could use the um, the uh, what do they call The Xcode. I'm thinking about uh, within Xcode now. You can you can outsource uh, compiling to other. Oh, computers. oh, yeah, like the like the uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Robots. Uh, yeah. The bots. Bots. Yeah. Yeah. Bots. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you could have a build computer that was not your iPad. Uh, right. But some other Mac in a closet somewhere, and you could outsource the building to that and have it spit back a a binary that you could then sure. run and test on your device in a sort yeah. of simulator. Anyway, you know, like, yes, this could certainly happen. There could be an Xcode for iOS, and I think that one day there has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. That would be amazing, but uh, there's still this, the screen size. Or Logic actually, Pro right?
2: or Final Cut sure, Pro. I all mean, that like stuff. Those kind of tools, you know? Right. you know. There are ways that, like, for instance, with Logic, I, I, I learned a couple of weeks ago, I haven't done it yet, but you can actually use your, your iPad as a remote display and have, like, your mixer panel, for instance, on your iPad while you have your, your stream or your uh, tracks up on your, on your big screen on your, on your Mac, right?
1: So, I think in so. your case, Tim, uh, a larger screened iPad may be exactly what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, or even yeah. And it would be ideal if I could use both iPads at the same time, like use the big one for one thing and the smaller one for another task, right? Like
1: cooperatively so, be running the same app. Well,
2: you know, and back when the iPhone first came out, remember we had all those Bluetooth games where you could you could you could you, could, you and I could be playing that, that thing? I forgot the playing the game where flight control where you landed your planes on yep. the on the runway and I could fire planes at you and you could fire planes at me and, you know, it added a sort of another level to the whole play gameplay thing. So like there's ways of, of communicating between two separate iOS devices running the same app or similar apps, right? Sure. Like with, with app groups, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can, you can message, you can share, have shared containers and stuff like that. And so you, there's gotta be ways. And that may be where all this things like uh, uh, app groups are going is the ability to, to have multiple apps to do different things, right?
1: man that's crazy if you think about it because you know like here's a here's a very simple example uh, of multitasking in ios right mm-hmm. um i'm watching major league baseball i'm watching baseball games i miss baseball um <laughs> in mob at it's bat. it's only been a week or how, when it was when it was the world series over we're not talking about that anymore okay. um <laughs> so so it's been like a couple of weeks since baseball's been <laughs> dead for you huh you going yeah. with
2: it <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's so golf season now yeah
1: back then uh it was it was me watching videos on my ipad but i wanted to watch twitter as well so my my multitasking setup was ipad in one hand and iphone in the right hand right (laughs) And, and you know these aren't the you know apps are not related but it's this is me using ios to multitask sure yeah. two devices and you're proposing the same thing except yeah. you're, you're talking about a developer saying i'm going to assume that you're going to have two devices two ipads and yeah. i'm going to take advantage of both those screens and i'm going to uh, use bluetooth or cloud kit or something so that they can both talk to each other and mm-hmm. cooperate together as you're working with it yeah. that's crazy
2: madness I know no, I you know. love it
1: <laughs> but it's crazy
2: well I can tell you before the iPad came along I would I would regularly have two or three computers at one time running and I would be you know screen sharing between one and the other back in like in, in that crazy 80 90s days when things took process took really long times to run I would network over to one machine start a process go back to the other one keep working on that while the other one cooked its thing right like or crashed well no uh, yeah but I mean you know, back in the day like if you if you wanted to do like like an auto tracing on, on a file in Illustrator, you kind of set it to auto trace and you went and had a good long lunch, you know? And then you came back and, and realized, oh, yeah, it crashed an hour ago. I have to start over again. But, right. you know, the point was you could do that. <laughs> you know, so you would regularly start one process on one computer and then go to another while, while the, pro- the processor compiler or whatever it was doing in the background took its time on those poor little 6800 processors, right? Yep.
1: Those are the days. So, mm-hmm. so who knows? I, I think that was, uh, that's our fascinating idea uh so (laughs) maybe see if someone jumps on top of that one (laughs) yeah yeah meanwhile november 11th you're going to be at the apple store seeing if this ipad pro is for you but do you think that's the date or is it is it officially announced or no it's not officially announced it's uh it was said by mark Gurman, uh so it is that's what it's going to be really yep you can take his (laughs) shit to the bank and they will they will trade his shit for money wow not 799 dollars but my goodness um Enough to, to count on November 11th. Huh. I'm betting, betting it's a Tuesday. No, it's a Wednesday. It's a week today. Next yes, time we record, 11th, it, we'll yes. know. Yeah. And then you'll have been in the Apple store and you can tell me.
2: Yeah, it's always seven seven days after my wife's birthday.
1: Hmm. There you go. So we'll have a look for it. Maybe we can talk about it next week
2: maybe maybe we'll all have been to the apple store and looked i mean like i like i literally went to the app store apple store and i and i walked up to the lady and i said do you have the new trackpad and she said uh, i don't know let me go look in the back and she the poor girl brought it out to me and handed it to me and went here you go what do you think and i went oh i guess i better buy this now right <laughs> what did she pull it out of the box no she no she, so she gave you a they, box they weren't even on the shelf it was like the day they were announced or the day they were oh. put on the store i would happen to be down at the apple store down at eaton center and i asked if they had one because i went to see what the what the, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. deal was and you know know touch and feel and all that kind of stuff and maybe they had a display model somewhere they didn't they literally had just arrived
1: so you got uh, guilted into buying one
2: not so much guilted you know it's like one of these things where it's the FOMO right I mean knowing that the device is out there and it's within a reasonable amount of money that I could spend on something I would I would be sitting here going I really want to buy one of those things I really want to buy one of those things I really want to buy one of those things so the minute I was in the store and she handed it to me I kind of went yeah 200 bucks here we go FOMO yeah no I don't know what that means what is that Fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, can I give you my, my review of it? Please, I would love to hear it. Okay. Well, I find I don't know how long you've been using a trackpad on your on your Macs or whatever, but there was a time where where you know you you, you the, the tap and hold, you'd select a bunch of things, tap and hold to drag, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this has this whole tactic dragging thing, or I don't know what the force touch dragging. Right, uh, force touch is. It's a bit disruptive to get used to, right? So, like, I can't, like, I used to be able to click and, like, grab a bunch of things, click and drag. In fact, I still have my other trackpad on the desk here for when I get really pissed off, right? <laughs> but I can click and drag and, and move things around. But now I find I have to, I have to go back to the, select the items do the tap and hold and then then my mouse realizes oh you want to pick this stuff up and then move it over and copy from one place to another it's 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 invasive in in programs like logic that seem to have hooks for it but don't really work and so strange things happen when you try and select things so it's taken me about a week to get used to the difference between a traditional trackpad like desktop trackpad and this one so but i I do like it It it's much more solid um you know, it seems to work pretty well. I, I've only had to charge it. I don't think I've ever char- had to charge it more than once, right? So, and I've had it for two weeks, or however long it's been out. Hmm. But it is pretty sturdy and it's pretty solid. And it's you know, it's sort of the same. Well, I guess it's not exactly the same as my keyboard, but but it, it is nice, good solid feel to it. You know, compared to the other one. Um, and I've got Force Track, Force Touch for when Xcode is able to emulate Force Touch on a um, device, right?
1: Yeah, not yet. Yeah, you know, so I turned touch Force Touch off on my MacBook trackpad. I found it very disruptive. <laughs> oh, on,
2: on the, yeah. Well, so that's so what I'm sort of saying. Like it, it kind of it does weird things, things you don't expect, right? Or, but I, I think I've gotten used to it over the last couple of weeks because now I'm, I'm, I'm less
1: complaining, less complainy about it now. If you know what I mean, than I was when I first got it. I'm I'm just remembering because I turned it off quite a while ago. Um, I'm remembering what made me turn it off. It was working in Interface Builder. Yeah. And uh, moving elements around on the screen. Yeah. That would trigger like tactic feedback as you were oh. as you were bumping up against guides i think right so okay and yeah. to my my finger and my feel i couldn't distinguish between a bump against a guide <laughs> and me letting go of the trackpad button ah, so right. i would inevitably let go of the trackpad button and drop the element i was trying to move and uh i had still been holding on to it and it was super confusing and i i mm-hmm. spent several days at it could not train myself out of that feeling yeah, yeah. I, I ended up having to turn it off hmm. very frustrating so you know and it works fine without the force touch you don't need force touch it's it's just a nice to have it's not <laughs> and sometimes it's a really not nice to have
2: well the force touch is, is like a right click right if i'm not mistaken
1: well no no it's a totally separate gesture yeah I'm just trying to force touch something,
2: oh, you know what it was. you have to go into the apple Apple apps like um pages, yeah, the pages it does, yeah, yeah, pages it does like if you hold if you force touch on a word it um it opens a dictionary and stuff like that, so it's kind yeah. of weird, you know, I have right click for that, yes, you do, <laughs> but this
1: is like directly into it, but you know,
2: so now can we speculate about the watch pricing? Sure. Sorry. Okay, So, <laughs> so anyway, this this uh, article that was written here about uh, the Apple Watch discounting pricing—it's not going to be on the edition or the, or the Hermes versions or whatever—but the smaller sport watches and stuff like that are, are apparently going to be like fifty bucks off or something coming up soon. Um, and the speculation was that the watch is in trouble, but I can tell you from my experience with Apple hardware sales that usually, and and I think one of the comments was about the fact that they don't normally bundle devices. Oh, I think what it, that's what it is is fifty dollars less if you buy it with a watch, with a with an iPhone, right? There's a so if you buy it, if you pair them up, uh, they'll knock fifty bucks off. And so the speculation was that perhaps watch sales are in trouble, and uh, and the, the the author says that you know it's very rare that Apple does bundle stuff. But from my experience with hardware sales, they often do bundle things together, like especially around uh, August, September, July, August, September, back to school. They do they do the back to school stuff, and they you know they used to have a deal where you could get uh a, you know, they would give you you buy a MacBook and they would give you a pretty much a free um, iPod Touch, which is like almost like a ten or twenty percent discount, right? Um, and you, there were some times where you could do like a mail-in rebate, and the mail-in rebates are, are an old classic loss leader where you offer somebody the mail-in rebate, and a lot of people don't actually do the mail-in part. So, you know, you get the $200 or whatever they discount anyway. But um, the other sign from my experience with hardware sales is that a new model is coming, and that's usually what happens. They usually try to clear out inventory to make room for a new new uh, new version. So I don't know if that's too early now, right, for... Because we just had the watch for what, when do we get these things? September? No, April. April. Okay. April. Oh, we got watch this in April. Yeah, yeah. So you know, hmm. I wonder. Uh,
1: I, I I I think you might be or right, is it a Chris- Or is it or
2: is, it, or is it a Christmas thing maybe?
1: Well, it could be that for sure. Um, Apple definitely bundles uh, things into deals from time to time. There is mm-hmm. no question about that. So I I I call bs on this article (laughs) um and apple is not announcing their their sales numbers for watches and uh and that's that vacuum creates this kind of speculation right so Mm -hmm. um and i think it makes a lot of sense you know why not bundle your stuff together and you know make a a very modest discount fifty dollar discount please i mean (laughs) uh, especially when you think of the price point of what the watch is exactly Yeah. yeah like it's uh not that big a discount so I don't. I don't. I don't give this a lot of credit. No, I think a
3: couple things could be happening here. One. So let's let's just start up first before we get in, into that. But it's sort of weird for folks to to think. Oh, like it's is it trouble or doom. Just kind of depends on th- this article is okay. I've, I've seen doom! worse ones. Which okay? If you said, well, it's doom. It's like, but they're the number one smartwatch. Of all time already are they? Are yes, they? so yeah. it's not even close. They have like seventy five percent of the smartwatch market. Really? Right? Don't oh, get confused okay. with wearables, right? Because people will throw in like the Fitbit and other stuff, and ah. that's that's been around for much longer. It's a very different kind of market, and and they don't have I think more than thirty to fifty percent, perhaps. Right, but for smartwatches in particular, they're the, the number one with a bullet. And hmm. it would make you wonder, is like, well, isn't Android Wear a complete waste of time as an entire category by that same, <laughs> you know, by that same measurement?
2: Right. Yeah, because everything runs on Android Wear, there, like the the Moto Watch, and and doesn't like Google has a watch apparently or something.
3: I mean, just think, of, just just look at the 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 lens by which people are judging this, right? Yeah. And it's you know the seventy five percent owner of the market is being just like, oh, oh, it's in trouble. It's like, it? Trouble? Then what about the guys who combined have twenty five percent of the market? Right. So let's yeah, let's use yeah. that as a caveat. But be that as it may, I think the smartwatch and even wearables market as a whole is not very. It's not very big. It's certainly not as interesting as, uh, you know, iPhone for sure, um, just in and of itself, nor is it as interesting even, I think, as um, as iPad. And we've been talking about how that's gloom and doom and, and declining sales. Right. right. Um, so this kind of makes sense in a way of like, okay, look, it's it's being successful in its category, but maybe it's just kind of the fastest snail, right? Like they need something to goose it up to get it to a broader community than just the early adopters, who by now, just about every early adopter has it, right? They've Mm -hmm. caught caught up on back orders and everything. It's taking it to that next level, right? And that's why they've been doing all of those. We criticized the ads the last time, and that was the, what, second or third round of ads they've had for the Apple Watch. Right, yeah, true. They're they're really trying to push it and really try to get it into being, you know, an an everyday device for the everyday person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure it's quite there yet. So I think that's why they're dropping the price down, as we mentioned here, rather modestly, because it takes a $350 device US to $300, which is still double the price of damn near every other competitor. (laughs) So it's not, it's not a great discount. Uh, It's certainly an appreciated one, $50 more in your pocket, but uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. So I'm an, I'm I'm an owner of an Apple watch and it's, it's an interesting sort of lifestyle. Like I still get people who either recognize it right away or think it might be an Apple watch and therefore are interested and ask, um so there's still some some amazement and enjoyment that people get the average person um oh. but it's uh i think it's really an accessory like i you know if i dropped one into a river and couldn't find it cuz it washed away into the ocean um yeah i'd be sad and uh, but i wouldn't necessarily have to go out the next day or even that day to right go replace right. it like i would my iphone right i'd immediately yeah. have to do that yeah i might arguably do that for my ipad but i could wait a little longer for that because it's a lower priority device sure. this is also kind of like a, it's, it's a satellite device It helps enhance my life it makes things nicer but it's it's not a necessity
2: yeah and i think days that without t- wearing my watch i don't know about you guys but there's sometimes i don't even take it off to stand you know so but i do miss it if i go outside and i, I want to check the time or the weather or whatever if i've
1: forgotten to put it on right Hmm. I use mine. I wear it every day, without exception. And right. I, like you, Jaime, I'm not sure that I would run out that same day and get a new watch if I if something happened to this one. But uh, I would certainly replace it. Mm-hmm.
0: Another possibility is that this is, if I'm not mistaken, the first holiday season since uh, Angela Orans has joined the company, right? Right. So maybe she just has different philosophies on marketing and. Sales and retail than previous people did, and and this is just part of that. It may be, mm. it may be nothing, right? Right?
2: Yeah. Well, because I mean, there's lots of lots of different tactics just to get people in the door in the right. retail world: bogo's and and, uh, and discounted prices and bundles and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So,
0: yeah, this kind of stuff is common in retail. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We're we're not at the bogo day, you know, it's a buy one get one free right, right? day. <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> Buy a 38 and get a 42 for free (laughs) or whatever the size is. Let's go around the table like we usually do and see if anybody has a picks this week. And Aaron, do you have a pick?
1: Yeah. I just found out this one tonight. Uh, Daring Fireball made a tweet about this and it's called Mm backchannel.io. This is a developer tool that allows developers to easily add a conversation feature to their, their beta software. So if you are testing your application with a group of users, um, you know, through TestFlight, most likely, then you can use this thing called BackChannel, which is just an SDK that you drop into your executable, put a button, I presume, somewhere in your app. And it allows you to get feedback much more readily from your beta testers than you normally would. So. If uh, a user testing your app finds a problem or gets an idea about how to implement something, they can very easily go to this back-channel feature inside Mm. of the app itself and write you a note. And then you, as the developer, have access to all of the conversations with each of your users. And you can, like, sort of converse back and forth with them. Um, And another feature is when a user takes a screenshot when they're inside of the app with the SDK running in it, it can be automatically detected and posted to a discussion mm-hmm. on back Channel. So uh, it looks really neat. It was just launched today. And they have pricing. They're just kind of getting off the ground. Sure. Uh, if you're an indie <laughs> developer, <laughs> uh, you get unlimited channels and up to 15 users for $15 a month mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for companies who are doing a lot of beta testing uh get a thousand users for 75 a month and Mm. then there are enterprise level you know where you got to call people (laughs) yeah yeah how much money do you have (laughs) Um, so anyway uh the sdk itself is open source and on github so some people appreciate that Uh, otherwise uh it looks like a, a pretty funky little bit of functionality to add to your SDK to your app um, when you're in the beta testing phase, interesting.
2: I think there's going to be a lot more services like this available for people. I think this is another channel for developers to, or
1: making an income channel, if you will. You are not wrong. Uh, building like developers love to build for developers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know you're your own audience. You understand the needs so well. Um, yeah, but there are a lot of such such things out there for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very hard to make money off the tools, though. Hmm. Having having been there, I can say that.
2: Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Uh, how many do you have pick?
3: I do. Um, and where I might have mentioned before that, uh, you know, on the watch is not like a necessity device. And I think a lot of that comes down to the features that come out of the box with the watch and maybe a handful of apps are kind of all I need. I don't really have a whole bunch of apps on the watch. And even of the ones I do have, I could probably remove... Plenty of them, because I don't use them enough to warrant having them there. Right. So I, the compelling app story is uh, a bit difficult. But um, an app that I, I can recommend, at least one that I've found that it works for me, and I've, I've not tried any competitors, is uh, Grocery Shopping List by Capitan. Not to be confused with El Capitan, the macOS version mm-hmm. oh i'm sure they
2: did that on purpose
3: <laughs> <laughs> probably because the version one of those came out in like september <laughs> looking at the history so sure they knew for sure there was there was no mistakes so it's an iphone app as well as a an apple watch app and and the watch app is the one i use you know of most interest because the iphone app is is pretty straightforward you go in and you add in kinds of things that you want you can make lists for oh i need groceries or i need to buy things for the party this weekend Mm-hmm. And it's got a really nice, slick, just start typing and it auto-completes with different, um, almost like tagged categories, right? So you could start typing, you know, D-O and it's like door, dog food. Yes, dog food. And it's like, okay, great. That's in the past category. And you can recategorize things if it turns out that it somehow didn't have something in its database. And then the watch piece is nice, I think, because it's really straightforward. You just mm-hmm. go into the app. It shows you the list of things that you've got. You can very quickly check them off and say, yep, I got the apples, I got the pears. And it just kind of gets out of your way. It's not a snazzy so, app. It's, you know, it's not going to win a whole bunch of design awards, I don't think, but
2: it gets things done. You get in, get out, boom, no fuss, no muss. So do you set the, you set the, uh, cat- the items in the categories on the phone? Like you create the lists on the phone and then check them off on the watch or can you add things on the watch?
3: Um, as far as I know, there's no way to, to add them on the watch off to double check the FAQ. There's no force touch option, um, mm-hmm. or anything else. So it's really just a, well, not quite a read only experience, but all you can do is just like, you know, check. Yep. Got shower gel, got dishwasher detergent, or oops, I accidentally tap that one, tap it again. And instead of being crossed out, it'll, mm-hmm. you know, uncross
2: itself. So for text entry, do we have access to the to to speaking to Siri when we're doing text entry on a watch app, or yes, that only for Apple at this point?
3: No, you can you can do dictation. In yeah. fact, that's one of the things that a lot of folks recommend you do. Right, if you're going to yeah. take any sort of text from the user, don't don't try to make a keyboard type experience. No, it's the wrong yeah, way to go.
2: Yeah. Use the Apple Remote Siri Remote on your TV. Exactly. Hmm. Cool. It looks it looks interesting. Like there's similar. It reminds me of um, of that. Uh, um, it's it's very similar to like a tags kind of experience where you've got like you, you have these tags that are I guess if you're frequently buying croissants you can just drag them onto the list is that the idea or they're not or draggable not. or you know I could try it again I don't think they're draggable they're just more like tappable. so is that my list like the, the stuff I see there on the screenshot on the App Store yeah so if you're like looking the Feta, at the, the parsnips and yeah yeah so if you're looking at there it's showing that parsnips is what you are getting there and
3: the category is vegetables. And then right, you look right. at the next line down. There's a category of meat, which is beef. Mm. So you can imagine you're, you know, getting something for a cookout or a barbecue or something. Right, right, right. Um, it is free on the App Store. I don't recall there being any in-app purchases. Not seeing any listed on the
2: yeah, I don't see any the page.
3: Here. What I do find amusing looking at this App Store page is that it is categorized as you must be at least 17 years old to download this app. Mm-hmm unrestricted web access and infrequent or mild alcohol tobacco or drug use or references Well,
2: i'm sure there's probably beer and wine and what
3: have you in in the list right so, so yeah that's exactly what i went to go check I i like, what? what can you put on here i started typing yeah. in you know questionable things I was like uh, beer is the only one that i could think of
2: <laughs> like i think that's a little uh, overreaching by the guideline there yeah yeah well there's other things you can buy in, in washington state of washington that could be on this list, too, right? Oh, you know, I didn't try that. <laughs> I'm sure that's regional low. <laughs> Has to do with your locale. Let's see, does it find
3: weed about marijuana? <laughs> no, no.
1: How about you it, could type uh, it in
3: yourself, and you can put it in a category. Jane? Yeah, exactly. So things it doesn't find, as I mentioned, you can, Hawaiian, you, can it you know. Exactly.
0: Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, Mark, do you have a pick? or? I don't have a pick, but I'll do a follow-up to Jaime's pick from last week, uh, that app her story, the game. Yeah. I've been playing that. It's it's really interesting. It's really pretty cool. I haven't mm-hmm. finished it yet, so I don't give any spoilers. But uh yeah, I spent a few minutes pretty much every day just kinda going through it a little really? bit and today oh. I had a uh a, a pretty big uh reveal revealed. Ooh. Uh which mm-hmm. was I think it's probably the big shocker of the whole of the whole thing. Really? I won't say what it is.
2: Colonel yeah. Mustard in the boardroom with the exactly. crowbar? exactly
0: yeah that's
3: right. Ooh. That's right. It, it's so difficult because, so, as I mentioned before, it's difficult to talk about the story other than the very, very beginning part because yeah. you'll spoil things. And if,
0: exactly, I'm, yeah.
3: I'm almost certain what I know what Mark is talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going I, to I'm review sure it, it is here
0: because it's it's the big one, but but we can't yeah. talk about it. Okay, although it does get it does get kind of hard at the end to figure out which ones. Well, so you can look at the little map of which videos you've seen, which clips. Mm-hmm. Right, and I've seen there are little holes in there, and I can't figure out how to fill in some of those holes. It's it's kind of a it's pretty challenging. Did you have that same experience, Tommy? Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, I've I've not yeah. completed the game, uh, oh, you know, the the 100. Yeah. yeah, you know, I got yeah. to the end of, of the of the game, and as I mentioned uh, the last time, for folks who missed it, you can get through the, the path that says, "Oh, okay, look, you found the shortest path to get to the game," or maybe you took a slightly longer path, but yeah. there is a path where you can get 100 percent completion by having seen every video clip
0: and that's kind of how i'm doing it i'm um as i find new clips i'm sort of arranging them in order at the bottom and i'm trying to build the whole thing so maybe it's taking me longer than it would otherwise but uh but i I find it kind of interesting to do it that way
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. cool
0: yeah so good pick
2: interesting well my pick is is sort of i hadn't really opened up the tin as aaron would like to say yet but uh, today was my wife's birthday so i I got her a copy of osmo which is a um a gaming system that uses your ipad um are you familiar familiar with it at all or nope Nope, not at all okay so it started out as a kickstarter program about i want to say 18 months ago and it started shipping about a year ago i think and what it is is it's a game it's a a game system like a a system of games and what it is a little stand that you put your iPad on and then you put a little mirror over top of the uh, camera on the the front, the, the front facing camera. And then, so it, it, it watches what you do in front of the iPad on the table in front of you so if you have it'll present a puzzle to you like it gives you some of those you know um, Tanagram I think it's called oh uh, I've seen this
1: yes yes yes
2: yeah 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 and and um, with Tanagram you, you it gives you a puzzle and you have geometric shapes and you have to make like the rooster and the cat and the pig and whatever um, but also for and the reason why we got my wife for my wife obviously she's not a kid but um, we just had a granddaughter who's now turning six months on Saturday so you know, we went through the, the iPhone, iPad experience with the two grandsons who are now eleven or 12 and 10. Um, and, you know, they're avid iOS users. And I don't know, Aaron, your daughter probably is an avid iOS user as well, right? Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft, yes. Yes. Very much Minecraft. But um, so this is kind of cool. And what, what I like, there's, and there's, it, it turns out, so I bought a system of it, and it comes with three games, and there are different games. So it's kind of a, how do they describe it? Like a game library. Um, like there's a numbers game and there's an alphabet game. Um, there's one cool uh, couple of videos on the site where you can one called Masterpiece where you can learn eye hand coordination for drawing, which is, again, up my alley. Right. Um, you know, because a lot of people don't learn how to draw or they give up learning. They, they learn how to draw when they're kids and then they get discouraged in school and they give up on it altogether. I think anybody can learn to draw. But um and it's just a matter of, of... So you can take a picture, you can turn it into a line drawing, and then uh, it shows you the line drawing on the screen, and then you have a blank piece of paper in front of you, and you're actually drawing on the table in front of you while you're looking at the iPad, and it's showing you where you're making the lines, right? Um, so you end up with a physical drawing as well as one on the, on the computer screen. So kind of cool, cool little uh, system of, of games. They've got uh, five titles so far, and, and we'll see how far we go with it. Osmo.
3: It does look nifty, um, and you said this was a Kickstarter before, right?
2: It was yeah. It started out as a Kickstarter, and then uh, I think uh, I'm not sure when it actually started shipping. But yeah, well, as you can see, your time time uh, voted it uh, 2014's best invention of 2014. So award winning game system. Coolio, eh? I don't think the site works with Ghostery.
1: <laughs> oh, no, to... I, no! I've got I've got Ghostery running. It's working for Yeah, the, me. the buy page doesn't load unless you turn off Ghostery. Oh
2: okay. Yeah 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 that may be true that may be, and by the way it's cheaper on Amazon than it was on the app store apple store
1: shocker anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: Okay, so that's it for the week. And so, Aaron, if people want to find you on the
1: interwebs, where would they look? Well, normally I would tell you to go to Twitter, but uh, this week I'm looking for work. So if you're interested in finding an iOS developer for contract remote, uh, check out my website. It's Innovative.com, and it's spelled with a trick, my last name, I-N-N-O-V-E-G-H-T-I-V-E.com. That's my company's site, and you can learn more about me and give me a call.
2: Alrighty, and hi, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Easiest way is on Twitter as at devwithahair. And Mark, by email? Mark R.
0: smapsoft.com.
2: All right, and my name is Simitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter, and my website, it-guy.com, and somewhere I started a now page, but it's, I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it hyping slash now is that what well, it is? you would think so but i think i have to do a redirect because my uh, my wordpress isn't set up that way so but i did i i do also have dot com which i use for uh wordpress testing and so i did a now page over there as well so anyway that's it <laughs> all right <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next week bye bye-bye bye-bye If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find the summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press that recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter, Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening.
1: Has yet to make an appearance on this show. <laughs> she doesn't like coming down the stairs of the basement. That's the big thing.
2: Oh well, you know it's funny because you know Mac, who has the run of the house, right? We I, we installed a winder box at the top of our stairs because we moved our our basement stairs. So it's, it's it's kind of like you know they're like the forty five degree angles and then they go down. You know what I mean? Oh yes, yes I do. So he kind of looks at. The, he's never been in the basement because that's where the cat. Does his business right, <laughs> and we just don't. Want, and dogs just love that stuff, apparently. right Oh, really? I didn't know. That. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Doggy, doggy, Godiva, they call it. But he, so he's never been in the basement. He's been in the basement, like if I let him in the back door and that kind of stuff. But yeah, he's never actually been down the stairs or up the stairs. So to him, it's like just you know keep away zone. But I wonder if it's maybe.
1: a I can't imagine it's a basement thing. i'm Sure, dogs have been in basements before, right? Sure. No, in my dog's case, it's the stairs. They don't have backs. So it really freaks her out when she looks at the stairs. Oh, right. They're open. Open. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar
2: brands. Plus,